right, New Life, so good to see you today. My name is Jonathan, and I can't believe this. In fact, we went from six gathering locations last weekend to all of a sudden hundreds of gathering locations around the peninsula and perhaps even around the world, and I didn't see this coming. I, I don't know about you, but I wasn't anticipating this when the calendar switched to 2020. Were you? In fact, turn to someone next to you right now and say, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this coming, but you know what? The gospel is such good news because here's the deal. The church is not a building. The church is not even like a gathering on Sunday. The church is people. And in New Life, we're people becoming the church. It's always been people. It will always be people. And I'm so glad I get to spend the next few minutes with you just sharing a little bit of just what I think God wants to say to his church. I mean, with the climate we have in our community and around the world right now, I think it's important that we take a moment and we just hear from Jesus. And so we're kind of pausing our current series that we've been in, and we're, we're kind of going to launch in the next few weeks of talking about who we are as God's people in this season and what is it that he's asking us to do. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to focus on one verse from John chapter 16, verse 33. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he says this, I have told you this so that you may have peace in me. Oh, in this world, you'll have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Jesus is saying there's going to be hardships, there's going to be trials, there's going to be difficulties, there's going to be inconveniences that come your way. He doesn't just say one, he's actually saying, oh, there's going to be many Many things. In fact, how many of you have had your plans change this week? In fact, turn to someone next to you and tell them, I thought I was going to be able to, and now, I mean, the room is empty. Here I am, all by myself. <laughs> like, all alone. Like, here, I didn't see this coming. And yet, here's the deal. Some trials seem small. Others seem big. And a lot of times, it has to do with what we've been walking through, what we've been carrying, what we've been facing in life, what we've been through before. In fact, I was on the phone with someone this week, and they said this. They said, I, I just can't stop thinking about it. I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about the financial impact of this. I, I'm worried about the future of how this is going to impact our lives. I just can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop worrying about it. I was wondering, have you found yourself maybe a bit consumed with all that's going on in the world today? Heard about someone else, then in the course of two weeks, they watched 20% of their retirement fund disappear. It's hard when you've been working for something, when you've been trying to save for your future, and then all of a sudden it's gone in a matter of weeks. But here's the deal. Jesus said that even in this, even in the uncertainty, even in the unknown, you can still have peace. Peace in Jesus the question is this that I have for us today is, how do you find peace in the chaos? In the chaos all around us, how do we have peace? How do we find peace? If you got a Bible, I want to turn our attention to a story that caught my attention uh, years ago. And, and I think Jesus wants to say something to us today. It's found in Mark chapter 4. If you got a Bible, you can turn there, Mark chapter 4. But Jesus has been spending some time with his 12 disciples He's been teaching him what it looks like to live on the mission, to be on mission, to follow him wherever he leads. He's been out teaching all day long. And here's where we pick it up in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. He says this, as evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. 
So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat and with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They said to each other, even the wind and the waves obey him. All right, let's get some details out of this. Like, like what, what's going on here? Well, one, it's nighttime and they're going out on a boat. I don't know about you, but that sounds scary. Like, like in the night, in a boat, it's dark, back then, no lights. Like here they are. And then a storm breaks out. A fierce storm that the waves are literally crashing into the boat, filling it up. What happens to boats when they fill? They sink. Now, in my mind, when I first read this, I immediately go to an episode of The Deadliest Catch. These tough fishermen in Alaska that bear the waves and the wind, and they don't care, and they splash them in the face, and they're strong. That's not the situation here. Even though Peter, James, and John were all fishermen, they've never experienced anything like this, and they are freaking out. The boat is filling with water. And where's Jesus? Asleep on a cushion. Have you ever felt like Jesus is asleep when you're going through something? Where are you, God? And what do they ask? Don't you even care? Does God care about what you're going through? Absolutely. Does God care about what you're facing, what we're facing in our world today? Absolutely. Does he care about what you care about? Yes. How much does he care? He came into this world to be God with us. But there he is, sleeping in the boat. How do you find peace in the storm? Well, look what happens next. What does it say? With a word, silence be still, the wind and the waves, calm, peace. How do you find peace in the chaos? I believe it's this. It's Jesus. That Jesus is the peace that we long for. Jesus is the peace that we need in our world more now than ever before. Speaking of before, interesting. This guy named Isaiah, he's like this prophet in Israel. And, and about 600 years before Jesus is even born, he writes this poem, this prophecy poem about the Messiah that's going to come, about Jesus. And he, and he says this, he says, you know what? His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting Father, if you know it, say it with me, Prince of Peace. The Prince of Peace, he was announcing was going to come into this world, not from a distance, but into this world, the one who is peace, the one who gives peace, the one who brings peace. He himself is the peace we long for in this world. In fact, Jesus even said about himself in John chapter 14, he said, I'm going to leave you with a gift, peace of mind, peace of heart. He says, the peace I give is not a kind of peace that the world can give. The peace that we long for, I believe more than anything else, is a peace that's only found in Jesus. It only can come through Jesus. We find it in him. So how do you find peace in the chaos? Here's what you do. You look to Jesus. And I want you to catch something in this story. Jesus is asleep in the storm. Why would we look to Jesus? Here's why. He's not shaken by the storms of life. In fact, he can sleep right through him. Why? Because he's the Prince of Peace. 
Sometimes when we experience a storm, we can't sleep, we lose sleep, we're worried, we're consumed by it. And yet we've got to understand this. Jesus is still at work in the world. He's still ruling and reigning. This morning on my way in, I'm driving and the sun is shining against the Olympic mountains. It was like my heart was filled with glory realizing that the one who created that is still in control. The one who can paint the sky with beauty is still in control. So in moments of chaos, we look to Jesus for peace. And we look to Jesus to get clues on what are we supposed to be doing when the storm is brewing all around us. And so the big idea that I wrote down for today is simply this, is how do you find peace in the chaos is this, is you be calm and you do the things you know to do. Okay, freaking out isn't going to help anybody, is it? This is exactly what the disciples do. They start freaking out, all freaking out. No, 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 be calm. Be calm and do the things you know to do. I mean, if you're a first responder, thank you for all you're doing in this season. If you're a nurse, if you've you know, been a teacher that's been locked up with our students all this time, now you're free. But just those of you that put yourself on the front lines, thank you for what you do. And you know this, you got to be calm. you got to be calm. And then you do the things you've been trained to do. Now listen, I realize some of us, we've been following Jesus for years. Other of us, we just started this year. Some of you have yet to maybe decide to follow Jesus. What I want to give you in the last few minutes we have together is I actually believe like, like these are the things that we do that, that, that perhaps would even begin to generate more faith in our life, would actually begin to propel us towards following Jesus even in deeper ways. And so I would encourage you, like, even if you've yet to like live the ways of Jesus, maybe this is where you begin today, to start to live the ways of Jesus. So we're going to talk about some things that we can do. This is just four that I've got for today. I know there's more out there, but, but I think if we started with this, perhaps it would bring more peace in our lives. So I'm going to jump quickly to Philippians chapter 4 to get some clues on what we're supposed to be doing in this season. Philippians chapter 4, starting in verse 6, here's what this Apostle Paul writes. He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. How do you stay calm when there's chaos all around you, when things go crazy? Here's the first thing I wrote down is this. Don't worry. Number one, don't worry. Is that even possible? Like, is that even possible in this season to not worry? I don't know. I'm so worried. There's so much going on. There's so many things that are out of control. In fact, who are my worriers? Like, if you're a worrier, put your hand up. Don't, don't, don't worry. We won't judge you. Yeah, we worry, don't we? I think we all have different things we worry about. Some of us are worried about what's going on right now. Others are going to be worried in the future. Like, there are things we worry about. Here's the challenge is this. Is worry in itself isn't entirely bad. It's when we let worry control our lives that we get in trouble. Because here's what worry is. Worry is the greatest enemy of peace in our lives. It keeps peace from ruling and reigning in our lives. It keeps peace at a distance. In fact, as my, my friend Ryan Brewer, he likes to say, worry is kind of like sitting in a rocking chair. You got something to do, but you ain't going nowhere. Right? I mean, that's what worry is. It's like this activity we do that puts us on the sidelines and we watch life go by. But when we choose peace over worry, it gives us the strength and the courage we need to live the lives that we need to be living, especially in this season in our communities right now. So the question is, are we feeding worry or are we feeding peace? What are the ways that you can feed peace? 
Perhaps even after the message today, you can talk, you can share with your family, with friends that you've gathered with. How are we going to feed peace in this season of our lives and starve out worry so that we can live the lives that God's asked us to live in this, in this season? Well, here's, a, here's another way to feed peace. He says next, he says, pray about everything. So number two, I wrote this down. What should we do? We should pray a lot. Pray a lot. There's nothing super big about these ideas that I'm writing down. But here's what I, I get this backwards. I worry about everything and pray about nothing. Have you done that? Have you done that? Listen, don't let the chaos and the craziness in our world today silence your prayers. Uh, sometimes we can get prayer paralysis where there's so much going on, there's so much to pray for that we literally become silent. This is the season, church, when we get to push through and pray a lot. A pray a lot more. What would you pray? You'd probably pray honest prayers. In fact, how about this one? God, it's terrible. Things are falling apart. Help me to not overreact. Calm me down, Lord. Amen. Like that would just be an honest prayer we could pray. Hey, how about one from St. Patrick? Tuesday, St. Patrick's Day. How about this one? I arise today through God's strength to pilot me. God's might to uphold me, God's wisdom to guide me, God's eye to look before me, God's ear to hear me, God's word to speak for me, God's hand to guard me, God's shield to protect me. Man, there's so many prayers that others, you don't even have to have original prayers, you can pray them. You know, they're also saying we need to do this, we need to wash our hands a lot in this season, right? What if while you were washing your hands, you were praying a prayer, God, would you cleanse my heart? God, would you show me anything that's in there that's offensive, that's getting in the way, that's selfish, that's rebellious? God, would, would you use these hands in this season to serve those around me? See, prayers can actually translate into lives of peace. In fact, he goes on to say what we should pray for. He says, what we should we pray about? Well, number three is this, tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. Sometimes we, we, we kind of come to God and we kind of him and ha about what we want. Here's a secret. God always knows what you need. Well, then why do I got to tell him? Because he wants to know if you know what you really need. When you look at Jesus' life, what you see is this. He is always meeting people where their deepest need is. He knows what we need the most. This is a season where we can open our hearts to God and say, God, I need you to really move in this area of my life. God, I need you to intervene on behalf of my family, my friends, my coworkers, my finances. What do we need God to do in this season? I wrote down a few things. We need him to give wisdom to the officials that are making decisions to keep our community safe. This is a season to pray for our leaders in our communities and nations and the world to pray for them, to pray a lot for them. Uh, we, we need to pray in this season that the gospel can spread even further faster. I mean, think about this. Across Kitsap County, the majority of the churches are not gathering in person, meaning this, that you don't have a building to invite your friends into on Sundays other than your own house. What if this was a season that we prayed for courage, for God to fill us up, that we would be the bearers of his good news throughout the community, that the gospel is spread further and faster in this season than ever before? I believe God wants to move through his church in this season. How about we pray for students and kids that are going to be out of school for the next six weeks? Probably should pray for their parents, too. They've got to be home with them, right? Wasn't, didn't see that one coming this year. Pray for students and kids. Pray for their parents. What about praying for businesses around our community? They're going to be financially impacted in this season. And how about this? How about we pray for the most vulnerable in our community? 
that, that truly this is something that could impact their lives in great ways. We would pray a lot and we would tell God what we need. And finally, he says this, thank God for all he's done. The last and final thought that I wrote down was this, is be grateful. Thought number four is this, be grateful. In a season where we have potential to simply be annoyed because our schedules are being interrupted or discouraged because our plans are having to change, I believe that this is actually a season to be grateful a season to step up our gratitude to thank God for what we have, to thank God for what he's done in our lives to this point, to thank God for the extra time that we're going to have with our family uh, as we're, we're sequestered in our homes because of social distancing. This is a season that we have that's unlike anything we've ever had to walk through. And this is a season that together we get to walk and trust God and ask God, would you give us your peace? So we're calm. We do the things we know to do, which is we're going to pray a lot. We're going to, instead of worrying, we're, 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 going to, we're going to be grateful for the things we have. And what does he say? Then the peace of God transcends your understanding. It's going to fill your life. A peace that this world can't give. The news channel can't give it to you. The doctors can't give it to you. The officials can't give it to you. There is a peace that we can have like any other. Let's go back to these fishermen in the boat. Invite the band to come up as we get ready to close our online gathering today. I want you to notice a verse, verse 36. It says, so they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Other boats followed. The disciples were not the only ones in the storm. They were surrounded by other boats. And, and, and catch this, though. Catch the irony. They're the ones that had Jesus in their boat, and they're freaking out. Like, they have Jesus. The rest of the boats don't have Jesus with them. They have Jesus with them, and they're freaking out. See, chaos has a tendency for us to shrink our vision. Like, I'm wondering if they even noticed there were other boats caught in the storm as well. Listen, church, here's what I believe. That in this season, we need to tap into the peace that Jesus has for us so we can be peace in this community. You see, those of us that have Jesus, we have a different perspective on this world. That we know this, what's going on right now, will not go on forever. Why? Because King Jesus is on the throne. There'll be a day when he returns. We also know this, that he is with us everywhere we go. And it impacts us in the sense that we, we don't go to work just for work's sake. No, we don't work to live. No, we live for the kingdom of God, for his kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. And actually, if you look throughout church history, these are the seasons that the church has shown the most light in their communities. In fact, I was reading a story this week in the fourth century, a city, big city in the Roman empire called Caesarea. They had been through a war. They'd been through a famine. And finally, a plague came through. And it was at that point that anyone who could, they began to scatter and run for the countrysides. And yet it was the Christians who stayed in the city to care for the sick and the dying. And many of them succumbed to the plagues and died themselves. And yet the world took notice of these followers of Jesus 
So much so that the next Roman Empire actually said to his pagan priests, you need to be more like those Christians and show more compassion. I think it'll help our cause. What does it look like for us in this season to be people of peace? In fact, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. But you know where it begins? Us going to the Prince of Peace and saying, Jesus, I need your peace in my life. The action for today is simply this. Ask Jesus for peace. I want to lead us in a prayer, a moment of response. And I get it, you're there in your living room or in your home or your car or wherever you're at. But I believe this, our God meets us right where we are. The evidence is Jesus coming into this world, dying on a cross, rising from the dead, sending his Holy Spirit, the comforter, the encourager, to fill our lives, to be with us everywhere we go. And I wonder if today would be the day that you'd say, Jesus, I need your peace. Because I have a feeling there's many of us, we needed that peace before this virus broke out. There was stuff going on in our family, our marriage with our kids, our finances, our health, our jobs, in our community. We needed peace. And perhaps this is the season that catches our attention. We realize more than ever, Jesus, I need your peace. That's why I ask, would you bow your head where you are? Maybe this is a moment, perhaps for the very first time, that you've ever focused in on Jesus. Maybe in this moment, you even want to say, Jesus, I want your peace. Because maybe you've looked to all sorts of other things in this world to give you peace. But in this time together today, somehow through the power of the Holy Spirit, God is speaking to you. Jesus is speaking to you. You hear his voice calling you. And maybe you're realizing for the very first time, Jesus is with you. He always has been. He always will be but maybe today you tell them what you need. Jesus, I need you. So Jesus, today we gather all across this community, all across the world, and say, Jesus, we need your peace. We feel the storm, we see the storm. There's things about it that we're terrified. There's things about it that we're worried about. There's things about it that are interrupting our plans. There's things about it that are getting in the way of what we want to be doing right now. This storm has shaken us a bit. But Jesus, today we want to acknowledge that you're right here with us. And I don't think you're still sleeping. No, you got your nap that day. You're awake and alive and on the move now. And so Jesus, today, I ask for your peace. If you want Jesus' peace, maybe you even just put up your hand and say, Jesus, I want you. Prince of Peace, would you be in our community? Would you be in our homes? Would you be in our neighborhoods? Would you be in our workplaces? Jesus, we say yes to the King of Kings, the one who brings peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's respond. Let's worship.